Psalms 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with a swelling thereof, Selah. Verse 5, verse 4. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. In 2008, the staff took a staff retreat and we haven't done that for the last couple of years, and I'd like to be able to do that at some point, but uh, we just really haven't had the finances to do it, so we, just, we don't do it. Uh, we went on a staff retreat up to uh, Heartland Lodge, which is in Pike County. That's Bo and Sherry Bear's territory. Uh, that's, where they were, that's where they were from. And they've got a great lodge up there, two big log cabins, and it was big enough for uh, all the staff to be able to be there. And it was a wonderful two and a half days that we spent there. Uh, in getting there, we took the GPS that somebody had, or I don't even know if it's called GPS at that time. I don't know. But uh, it was all Greek to me. I know that. And, and by the way, my brother getting out of prison had been in prison for 10 years. He said that was one of that, something that when we had that rent, a, that rent a car and had that GPS, he was at just, he couldn't get over that. <laughs> couldn't get over that. And we went over towards St. Louis and from there, Alton area, uh, uh, Grafton. And uh, I know um, the Reese's, they go to Grafton about every year and watch the Eagles. How many do that? Uh, some do that. They go over there and watch the Eagles. And eventually made our way to Nebo. We, again, using this GPS, and since then we've, we've used a different way. But uh, then at one point we crossed the, I don't know, it's like we were never going to get there. I, don't, I think we was about half lost. But uh, we crossed the Illinois River at one time, and that's where we had to use a ferry boat uh, to get across there. And I learned that Justine Loker gets every bit as motion sick as my wife does. Everybody else was getting outside of the car and was standing looking over the side and, and uh, they were sitting in the car just like this, you know, just frozen. But there were things that I learned on that trip that I, you could say I learned from the Mississippi River. I learned one thing in the Mississippi River, a trivia question, what state does the Mississippi River start in? Minnesota. What lake does it start at? Lake Itasca. They have a sign there that says the mighty Mississippi River begins to flow on its winding way 2,552 miles to the Gulf of Mexico. In the Song of Solomon, it says, you are a garden spring of fresh water flowing down from Lebanon. It's talking about the Jordan River getting its start from another place, even another country where our Mississippi gets its start in even a different state. And just as the Mississippi River gets its start in Minnesota, 
the Jordan River gets its start in Lebanon. If we got the first slide of the Mississippi River, and we all are acquainted with the Mississippi River by crossing over here to go to St. Louis, where you span the bridge and you finally get into Mississippi or into St. Louis. Right here is where it begins. A small beginning, way to the north, and finally becomes the major river that we see from north to south here in these wonderful country of the United States. The place where the stream begins spiritually is the place where your anointing begins. And you know, I'm not looking for this world to give me any kind of answers that I really need. Not when I got this. I'm not looking for assurance. I'm not looking for help. I'm not looking for their blessing. I'm not looking for their anointing. I'm looking for all of that right here from the Word of God. There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. God is in the midst of his city and she shall not be moved. It shows, just as this slide shows, the progression of the Mississippi River. There is in the Word of God the progression of our faith, the growing of our faith, the maturing of our faith. I want to teach you something here in Psalms chapter 62, verse number 2. And we'll stay in the book of Psalms the majority of this message. God only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Say greatly moved. And then you look down in verse 6, the exact same words. God only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. I see something there, a growing of David's faith and assurance in God. In Verse 2, he was saying, you may knock me off center and you may move me from where I need to be. But in verse 6, he's saying, I'm not going to doubt what I believed in the light. I'm not going to doubt in the dark. In one, he's saying, I shall not greatly be moved. And then he grows in God and he says, I shall not be moved. Psalm 62, 7 and 8. Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul follows hard after thee. Thy right hand upholds me. In Psalm 63, verses 1. O God, thou art my God, early shall I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 11, Hiram, the king of Tyre and Babylon, or Lebanon, built David a house. David needed Hiram, and he needed his men as workers, and he needed the cedar trees that Lebanon was famous for. Hiram, on the other hand, needed David and the wealth of Israel to be able to flow into the country of Lebanon, to be able to give them the wherewithal to even to survive. 
David needed Hiram. Hiram needed David. You need me. Guess what? I need you. Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That tells me that the church is indestructible. It don't matter what happens, the church will always remain. Somebody says, I don't need the church. Well, either you are ignorant or arrogant, one of the two. Because I learned something from the Mississippi River that, that time that we traveled there right next to it, and I watched its waters. I seen that the river receives from heaven and then gives to this earth. The great Christian principle of the Christian life is we receive from heaven and then we give to mankind. It's not up to me just to be able to, to uh, hoard up all the, tra- the truth and treasures of God and then to bottle them up and then me never to share that. I'm to give that away. I seen that the waters that flow in the Mississippi River, that both sides of that river, it was green. And I think that river was happy to give what it had. I thought this week the word miserly and the word miserable, they're a lot alike. One person receives and receives and receives and receives and receives and receives and never gives anything away. That person is a miserable wretch. I've seen this being in Israel. I've seen the Jordan River as it flows into the uh, Sea of Galilee, and the Sea of Galilee was one of the most beautiful spots I've ever behold. Greenery all around it, lushness all around it. I mean, I've seen that same river being expelled from the south of the Sea of Galilee, and it flowing on southward until it finally ended up into the Dead Sea, which is the deadest thing on the planet. Why? Because all it does is take. It never gives any away. The Mississippi River taught me that being fruitful is the way of life. I said we'd be in Psalms, but let's also go into the book of John, chapter 15. John 15. We did this Wednesday night. Jesus said, I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. What's Jesus talking about? Fruit. Verse 4, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except in abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. What Jesus is talking about? Fruit. fruit. In verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. What Jesus is talking about? Fruit. fruit. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear forth much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. What Jesus is talking about? Fruit. fruit. Verse 16, 
You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. What Jesus talking about? Fruit. Show me that second slide, please. Does anybody know who this is? No guesses? Famous person. She done good works and her fruit. Who said Mother Teresa? Mother Teresa. And her life bore forth good fruit. As she lived most of her life in Calcutta, the hellhole of the world. And one reporter said to her, ma'am, Sister, I would not do what you do for a million dollars. And she said, neither would I. I do it because Jesus told me to. Bear forth fruit. The Mississippi River taught me that when you try to stop it, it becomes deeper and wider. A few years back, we had problems with church staff, and one of the things that it dealt me it made me go deeper and wider into the things of God. I had to rely on Jesus like I hadn't hardly in 30 years of my life. But because of convictions and the stands that I've taken, the decisions I've made, there's people that really don't like me. But you've got to ask yourself this concerning me and being a pastor of this church. Does this pastor have the good of this church at heart? That's what you've got to ask yourself. It's not, would, would him and I do things differently? That's really not the issue. Ask, is the pastor trying to destroy the church or trying to build the church? That's what you got to ask. And because of the obstacles that I have seen in my life, it's forced me as different things to try to stop me I just this, with this cancer. I'll never forget it as long as I live. I had to have a biopsy. And the only thing I knew about biopsies was what I'd seen on Dr. House. And a woman doctor met with me, told me what was going to happen, told me to lie a certain way with my face to the wall. And I lied there in, there in Barnes Hospital. I lied, laid down and she had me to turn over and my face was right... My eyes wasn't but four or five inches from that wall. And I noticed the scratches that was there in that wall and a little dent in that wall. And I thought to myself, not in a million years would I thought I'd be in this situation. And I thought of King Hezekiah, where the Bible says that he turned his face to the wall. And he prayed to God. And God increased his life 15 years. That's been my prayer. God, you can go ahead and increase my life 15 years, just like Hezekiah, with his face was to the wall. But because of these obstacles, I've learned to lean on Jesus. There's an old song that says, learning to lean. Somebody sing that for me. 
Everybody sing that together. Learning to lean. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. Finding more power than I'd ever dreamed. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. I saw something on one of the, maybe it was the History Channel a few weeks ago, about a month ago now, and it was an Indonesian city, one of the cities that was hit by the tsunami, and somebody had taken pictures Instead of fleeing, as the water started receding back, not just a few feet, hundreds of yards. And this man with a, with a camera, he just kept walking toward that instead of fleeing and running away. The city's name, I don't remember, but I do know the city's name meant five temples. And there was a huge, I think it was a Hindu temple that was in that city. And nobody knew why that it was named five temples when there was only one. But to everybody's shock and amazement, the photographs that this man was taking, there were four temples, the remains of four temples that was out there underneath that ocean hundreds of feet to where nobody knew where they were at. But because of the nature of that tsunami, with it, with it just literally drawing that water back, and then it just begins to uh, flow inward and crush everything in its path. I thought about that with the church. Sooner or later, there's going to be, and I'm believing this, a Holy Spirit tsunami to where people are going to be in, impacted to such a degree that just like that Indonesian city, they're going to get to see things that they had never seen before. It heard about it. Even their city was named that, but they had never seen these four other temples. And I'm believing that for America. And maybe it's just going to be a remnant that gets it and sees it. I don't know. But we got to pray and believe that God's going to bless and touch our nation. I pray to God that that happens. Joel chapter 2. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And also upon servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show you wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. This is a book, John Hagee's latest book, 
the four blood moons. In America, the judgment of violating Shemitah, which is, of course, we know what the Sabbath is, the one day out of seven. Shemitah is one year out of seven years. In America, the judgment of violating Shemitah is not linked to the land of Israel, but it is linked to our national disobedience to the Word of God. We give our allegiance to the idols of self-indulgence and greed, and our immorality is equal to that of Sodom and Gomorrah. The year 2001 was a Shemitah year. What happened that year in America? 9-11. We were attacked for the first time on our soil since the British burned the White House in 1813. In parentheses, he says, the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor occurred before Hawaii had even become a nation or a state of the Union. Radical Islamic terrorists came to our country, hijacked three commercial planes, and flew them into the New York Twin Towers, the Pentagon, and a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, killing nearly 3,000 of our citizens and crushing the illusion that America would never be attacked on our soil by an invading foreign power. September the 11th, 2001, will forever be remembered as America's new day of infamy. Add seven years to the year 2001, and you have 2008, another Shemitah year. What happened that year in America? That's right. Stock market crashed. Greatest point fluctuation in our history. 777 points on September 29th. 2008. The next Shemitah year occurs in 2014-2015. Hagee points out that the heavens is God's billboard, HD, high def billboard for us to watch. And just as I've already read, Joel preached this, Simon Peter preached this, and says, I will show you wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke, and the sun shall be turned into darkness. The four blood moons will happen. He, these are the dates. They've, had, they've occurred four times throughout recorded history. This will be the next time. April 15th, Passover 2014. Feast of Tabernacles, October the 8th, 2014. Passover, April 4th, 2015. Feast of Tabernacles, September 28th, 2015. Preacher, time's going on like it always has and it always will, and it's just the same as it always was, and deep down you know better than that. It's not like it always was. As much as I want to see national repentance to, to America, in our, in our headlong right in full view of our faith, we're going as a nation the opposite direction. That's why it's so important for the church to be the church. It won't be homosexuals that bring the downfall or the president bring the downfall. Sad to say, it'll be churches not really standing up and preaching what they ought to be preaching. 
I love our country. And I don't want to see our country go the way other countries have went. But we need to repent as a country. From the White House to my house. And every house in between. We need a national day of repentance. Will you please stand? God, just like that Indonesian man took those pictures and the country of Indonesia saw things that they had never seen before with those four temples. God, help us as a country, Lord, see things spiritually that we've never seen before. Help us as a country. Help us as a country, dear God. Reach out and be that country that is a light on a hill. Help us to be that source of power that the rest of the country and the world needs. Help us to be that. Help us as a church to be what you've intended the church to be. And God, if there's people here this day, but God, they don't know, they don't know you. They've never asked Jesus to be Savior in their life. God, draw them this day. Speak to their heart. Lord, it's a choice that they need to make. Lord, you'll go, you go all that you're willing to do. You're willing to reach out, but you will not make anyone be saved. And God, help them to know as a choice they can respond to you this day. In Jesus' name, amen. He was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his wounds, by his wounds we are healed. He was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his wounds. By his wounds we are healed. We are healed by your sacrifice in the life that you gave. We are healed for you paid the price by your grace. And crushed for our sins The punishment that brought us peace Was upon Him By His wounds By His wounds we are healed He was pierced for our transgressions And crushed for our sins the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his wounds, by his wounds.
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.